Chapter Eighteen of Carpenter's Geographical Reader, Africa by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. The Roof of Africa, Abyssinia. We have been climbing for days since we left Nubia and are now on the high plateau of Abyssinia, on what might be considered the roof of the continent. There are some higher mountains still farther south but africa has no other country on the average so high as this the mean level of the plateau is more than a half mile higher than mount washington with great snow-capped mountains as tall as pike's peak rising above it abyssinia is so beautiful that it has been called the switzerland of africa it is more than fifty times as large as switzerland and in some respects far more beautiful the plateau is made up of tablelands rising one above the other here a great gorge cuts its way through there the plain falls off in a precipice a thousand feet deep and some miles farther on it rises in bluffs to the plains below in almost the centre of the country is lake tisana and down the sides of the plateau and running through it now falling in cataracts and now raging in torrents through narrow canyons flow great rivers some of which lose themselves in the sand and others such as the atbara and the blue nile go on to the nile proper giving food and water to egypt we have already seen how egypt is the child of abyssinia in that its rich soil carried down by the rivers has been spread over the desert what must be the nature of a land that has furnished such soil year after year and age after age it must be very rich must it not that is the character of abyssinia we might consider this country an island of the richest soil rising high above a sea of deserts and swamps situated in the tropics the water-laden winds of the indian ocean strike its cold mountains so that at certain seasons the rain comes down in torrents washing the soil into the valleys and filling the rivers which spread it over the country below we notice the wonderful fertility of the land as we travel from place to place the plateaus rise one above the other each having its own plants trees and flowers in the lowlands it is hot and there are jungles of bamboos so dense that it is almost impossible to make one's way through them there are fields of sugar and cotton and the fruits of the tropics higher up coffee is grown and still higher all the plants and grains of the temperate zone in many parts of abyssinia coffee grows wild it thrives especially in one province and from there it is said the first coffee beans were carried long ago to arabia and thence spread all over the world the name of this province is kaffa and from it comes the word coffee the natives there do not cultivate the coffee plants but the soil is such that the plants grow into trees so large that they are sometimes cut down and made into boards the soil of abyssinia is so rich in places that it gives four crops in one year the people are lazy and plant only enough for their needs they raise little patches of corn wheat dura sorghum and canary seeds which they grind into flour for bread much of abyssinia is like a great park with clumps of trees here and there it has pastures so rich that they can support large flocks of sheep and goats and droves of ponies and donkeys and fine cattle with bumps on their backs 
these pastures make the country a fine place for game there are thousands of antelopes zebras and ostriches and so many elephants that one sometimes sees a hundred marching together through the woods there are hippopotamuses in the rivers and we must be on our guard against the hyenas leopards and lions as we go through the forests the abyssinians are famous lion hunters and some of the warriors wear lion skins on their shoulders when the president of the united states sent an embassy to abyssinia a few years ago the king of that country ordered two lions to be sent back to him as a present there are many wild birds with beautiful plumage and bees are so common that the favorite drink of the people is a fermented mixture of honey and water the abyssinians are not unlike some inhabitants of the sahara they have black or brown faces with features much like our own they are tall straight and fine-looking they dress in cottons many of which come from our country the men wear long robes of white with a red stripe a foot wide woven through the middle under this robe they have shirts and tight drawers the richer men have cloaks of silk or velvet thrown over their shoulders and a few wear lion skins as signs of rank the poorer class of abyssinian women wear white cotton dresses they go barefooted and often bareheaded although some have shawls tied about their heads the richer women often travel upon mules accompanied by soldiers their dresses are usually cotton although some have capes of black satin and broad-brimmed felt hats over which they wear veils of silk both rich and poor have a cord around the neck to which are tied crosses earpicks and charms the children dress much like their parents except in the hot lowlands where they wear almost no clothing the abyssinians live in small villages of round huts made of poles thatched with leaves and grass there are but few towns and about the only place that can be called a city is the capital where the king lives this during recent years has been at addis ababa in about the centre of the country it lies on a high plain with a mud wall around it and it is more like a great camp than a city its houses consist of these same round tent-shaped mud huts and a number of large buildings which are the palaces of the king although abyssinia is ruled by a king there are many tribes each of which has its own chief and under officials the king has a large army and he expects every one of his subjects to be a soldier boys are taken into the army long before the age at which our boys leave school at eight or ten each boy becomes a servant of a soldier he walks before the soldier in time of peace carrying his gun which he is expected to keep clean and in good order he helps take care of the horse and mule of his master and learns to walk far without tiring we try a race with some of the boys and find they outrun us they climb up hill and down at great speed keeping along with the troops on the march during our journey we meet beggars hobbling about upon crutches and are surprised to see some with only one hand and one foot we ask whether they have lost their limbs fighting and are told that they are so maimed because they were thieves the first time a man is caught stealing he is whipped the second time his hand is cut off and if he steals a third time and is found out he loses one of his feet the same punishment is given deserters from the army although abyssinia is so rich its products are small 
the chief exports are coffee gum and wax and also gold and ivory the trade in which is controlled by the king the business is done in markets held from time to time in the various villages the natives for miles around come to such markets to buy and sell their cattle and grain the money used in trading is different in different parts of the country but one can buy goods everywhere with salt or cotton cloth the salt comes from a dry salt lake near the red sea it is made in bars about a foot long and two inches thick if the bar is cracked or chipped or does not ring right the people will not accept it everyone carries some of this money with him and when two persons meet each breaks off a piece of salt and offers it to the other just as some of our people offer their friends cigars each eats the salt and then bowing low goes on his way we soon fall into the custom and carry salt sticks in our pockets as strangers often ask us to have a bite of salt with them upon meeting the cotton money is white cloth imported from america in addition to this there are silver dollars worth about fifty cents gun cartridges which pass for two or three cents apiece and far back in the interior strips of iron each worth one or two cents we carry some of all kinds of money with us and have no trouble in making our way as we have a permit from the king to go through the land we buy ponies and mules and ride from place to place there is only one railroad and that is from djibouti on the coast to the town of harar in the southern part of abyssinia the country roads are mere tracks and much of our way is up and down hill we have little trouble about food we shoot game on the way and buy chickens mutton and beef in the native markets we do our own cooking for the abyssinians prefer their beef so rare that raw meat is served at nearly every feast they put red pepper on such meat and sometimes make pellets of raw beef filled with red pepper and onions and eat them their bread is in thin flat cakes of about the size of a handkerchief it is damp flabby and often sour the common abyssinian eats sitting cross-legged or squatting on the floor and at each meal he has a pile of these bread cakes beside him he uses the top one as a napkin the second he folds up and dips into a bowl of melted butter in which red pepper is mixed and when it is well soaked he squeezes it up in his hands and crams it into his mouth he consumes his meat in large slices putting one end of the slice in his mouth and cutting off as much as he can hold there by a stroke of his knife or sword the other end of the slice being held in the hand soup is often served with meat in such cases the bread is soaked in the soup and the meat is taken out and laid on the soaked bread at the feasts of the better classes servants sometimes are required to eat a bit of each dish before the others partake to show that it is not poisoned these people have a low state of civilization there are no schools to speak of and but few can read and write they have their own calendar dividing the year into twelve months of thirty days each and adding five extra days at the end to make the year come out even the last five days are holidays every leap year they have an extra holiday the abyssinians are christians but they are superstitious their religion being somewhat like that of the copts of egypt we visit the churches and listen to the dark-faced priests singing the service 
while other priests go about through the audience swinging urns in which incense is burning each priest wears a robe decorated with silver sometimes the bishop carries about a silver cross and allows each of the worshippers to kiss it there are no seats in the churches and everyone stands leaning on a stick while he listens we are handed leaning sticks as we come in and the girls are told to go on one side of the church with the women while the boys are led to the other side with the men a white curtain separating the sexes End of chapter eighteen